ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله جل وعلا في كتابه يستخفون من الناس ولا يستخفون من الله وهو معهم اذ يبيتون ما لا يرضى من القول وكان الله بما يعملون محيطا الله سبحانه وتعالى speaks about the children of Adam and the sinners from them in the Quran he says subhanahu wa ta'ala you hide your sins from the people but you do not hide your sins from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he can see everything that you do in the evening from your statements and your actions and your sins for indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that we do we hide our sins from the people but we do not hide them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will never be able to hide them from him jalla wa ala because he can see everything that we do and he knows everything that we do subhanahu wa ta'ala so the khutbah today inshallah ta'ala is going to be about shyness in islam and how shyness is from the great characteristics of the muslim there is a famous story which leads us to a famous narration regarding this beautiful characteristic there was a man his name was abdullah ibn maslama and he was a very sinful man and this was in the early generations of islam he was a very sinful man he had no shame he wasn't shy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he even had no shame that he would mix with the people and they would indulge in sins together they would drink they would consume intoxicants they would listen to music they would sit on the pathways and they would speak badly about people mocking those who walk and joking about them laughing about them and they wouldn't fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so one day this man abdullah ibn maslama he was sitting on the side of the road and he was in basra and in the distance he could see a man coming and around this man was a large crowd the crowd that a person does not usually see walking around in town 
So he went to them and he said, You are crowding around this man. Who is this man? The person that he asked was astonished. You do not know who this man is? He said, No. Tell me who is this man? He said, This man is Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj. So he said, Who is Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj? And he was shocked to hear this because Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj was even more known to the people than the leader of the town. He said, Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj is a muhaddith, a scholar of hadith. And he was the greatest scholar of hadith in Basra. So he said, what is a scholar of hadith? What does he sell? He said, go to him and ask him. So this man, Abdullah ibn Maslama, he went to Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj. And he said to me, you are a muhaddith. What do you have? He said, I have hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, then narrate to me a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj looked at this man and he said, you are not from the people of hadith. Go away from me because you are not from the people of hadith. And he could tell because when a man is dressed like how he was dressed and maybe he was smelling of their scent and of the, the smell of intoxicants, Shu'ba looked at him and he said, this man is only someone here who is here to mock me and mock the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is why it is very important that a Muslim he remains honorable in front of people. And he preserves his honor and his dignity in everything that he does. So Abdullah ibn Maslama, he took out a knife from his pocket. And he put it against the neck of Shu'ba. And he said, narrate to me a hadith or I will harm you. Narrate to me a hadith or I will harm you. Has this man now come to truly benefit from the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Of course he hasn't. But Shu'ba now, seeing that there is a knife against his throat, he narrated to, he narrated to him a hadith. He said, Haddathani Mansur. That Mansur said to me, that Rib'i said to him, that Abi Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu wa arda, he said to him, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, inna mimma adraka nas min kalamin nubuwatil ula idha lam tastahi he said the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Indeed the Prophets that came before, they used to tell their people, if you have no shame, then do whatever you wish. Indeed, the Prophets who came before, they said to their people, that if you have no shame, then do whatever you wish. Abdullah ibn Maslama said, these Words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam penetrated through my heart. And they penetrated through my mind. And it is as if now they had changed my entire bloodstream. I rushed to my house. I took all of the vessels of intoxicants that I had and I drained them all. I destroyed the instruments that I had that I used to play music with. I had a gathering that night that I was supposed to have with my friends. When we sit and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I said to my mother, Oh my mother, when my friends they come tonight, tell them that Abdullah has changed. Tell them that I am no longer going to be here. Then he inquired and he asked, Who is the most knowledgeable man on the face of this earth? That I may go to him and I may sit with him and Allah may guide me through him. And they said to me, the most knowledgeable man 
on the face of this earth is the Imam of the land of Hijrah. He is Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. And if you want him, then you will find him in Medina. You will find him in the land of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Abdullah ibn Maslam, he said to his mother, Oh my beloved mother, I am going to Medina to sit with the Imam of the land of Hijrah, the land of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Abdullah ibn Maslam, he made his way to Al-Medina. And in Medina, he found Imam Malik. And he sat with Imam Malik for many, many years until he became one of the great students of Imam Malik. And in fact, the book that Imam Malik authored, Al-Muatta, the book of Hadith that he authored, one of the greatest narrators of the book of Hadith is this man, Abdullah ibn Maslama, who is known as Al-Qa'nabi. So after he took everything that he could take from Imam Malik, and he benefited immensely from Imam Malik, he said, let me make my way back to Basra so I can now benefit from the Imam of Basra, Shu'bah ibn al-Hajjaj. He went to Basra and on his way to Basra, Shu'bah had passed away. So when he reached Basra, he was inquiring about Shu'bah and they said to him, Shu'bah had passed away. But the word had already gone around that this man, Abdullah ibn Maslama, was on his way to Basra. And Abdullah ibn Maslama is from the great students of Imam Malik. And Abdullah ibn Maslama is a scholar of hadith. So the people would gather around Abdullah ibn Maslama. And they said to him, Have you ever met the great Imam and Muhaddith, Shu'ba ibn al-Hajjaj? And Abdullah ibn Maslama to this he smiled. And he said, Yes. And there is only one narration that I have gained from him. And this was when I put the knife against his throat. And he said to me, that indeed the prophets used to say to the people that if you are not shy and you have no shame then do whatever you wish this is an amazing story of a muhaddith Abdullah ibn Maslama al-Qa'nabi and he was from the teachers of Imam al-Bukhari he was from the teachers of the authors of the books of hadith and that's why this hadith with this chain was narrated by Imam Abu Dawood in his Sunan, where he narrates it directly from Abdullah ibn Maslama, who mentions his chain that from Shu'bah all the way to the Prophet This, brothers and sisters, can show us how when a person truly understands the meaning of being ashamed of their actions, how this can change their entire lives. How a person, when he truly understands the meaning of being ashamed of one's actions, having shyness and having shame, protecting our honor and dignity, how this can truly change a person's life. If anyone saw Abdullah ibn Maslama when he was sitting on the side of the road, and he said, do you ever think that this person will be a reference point for the likes of Imam al-Bukhari in hadith? What do you think they would have said? Impossible. That this would never be the case. But the fact that he heard one narration of the Prophet and this penetrated through his heart and he truly wanted to act upon this hadith. Look what Allah Jalla wa'ala blessed him with. That the people today still remember who Al-Qa'nabi was, Abdullah ibn Maslama. The people will still mention his name when they mention the chains of hadith. When they learn the traditions of the Prophet the name that would ring on their tongue is Abdullah ibn Maslama al-Qa'nabi. When they read the book of Imam Malik al-Muatta and they have the riwayah of al-Qa'nabi, they will see that these hadith have been preserved 
by Al-Qa'nabi. This, brothers and sisters, is the benefits of shame. It can change our entire lives from being disobedient people to Allah Jalla wa'ala and evil individuals to become those who are noble and those who are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Al-Imanu bid'un wa sittuna shu'bah That Iman is sixty-something branches. فَأَعْلَاهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ The highest branch of Iman is to say La ilaha illallah. وَأَدْنَاهَا إِمَاقَةُ الْأَذَى عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ And the lowest branch of Iman is to remove something harmful from the path. Meaning if you found something harmful on the pathway and you removed it, you have increased in your Iman because this is from Iman. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِّنَ الْإِيمَانِ that indeed shyness is a branch of Iman. Shyness is a branch of Iman. The scholars say, one of the definitions of shyness is to stay away from anything that can make you blameworthy. To stay away from anything that can make you blameworthy. Whether this is blameworthy in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or blameworthy in the eyes of the people, or blameworthy in the eyes of a certain group of people, like meaning your parents, or those who are pious, or those who are religious, or the people of knowledge, to stay away from everything that will make you blameworthy. This is the meaning of shyness. So shyness prevents a person not just from sins, but shyness prevents a person from anything that can lead to sins, because the things that lead to sins are blameworthy. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, he told us, وَمَنْ اتَّقَ الشُّبُهَاتِ فَقَدِ اسْتَبْرَأَ لِدِينِهِ وَعِرْضِهِ وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبُهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ That the one who falls into the doubtful matters, then he has put his honour in danger. He has put his honour and his dignity in danger. And so the one who stays away from shubuhat, who stays away from doubtful matters, he has protected his honour and dignity. And the one who falls into doubtful matters, he will fall into haram. It's like the shepherd who grazes his animals beside someone else's land. Perhaps they will enter his land. When a person stays on the boundaries and he says, I'm not going to do haram, but I'm just going to be just away from haram. This is blameworthy. And this goes against shyness. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, That indeed, shyness does not bring anything except for goodness. It doesn't bring anything except for goodness. And this is why one day the Prophet ﷺ, he was walking and he saw one man telling his brother, he was saying, how could you be so shy? This is harming you. This is harming you as a person. So the Prophet ﷺ told him, telling him off about being shy. The Prophet ﷺ said, Da'u Leave him because shyness is from Iman. Shyness only brings good. And shyness raises the status of a person. And the Prophet ﷺ, as is mentioned in the Sahih, that the Prophet ﷺ was even more shy than a virgin woman <coughs> He was even more shy than a virgin woman. And then the narrator said, when he saw something that displeased him, his face would change and he would become angry So he had the most shyness And then from his followers, he said, Ahya ummati Uthman. Though the one who has the most shyness in my ummah is Uthman radiallahu anhu. The one who had the most shyness in my ummah is Uthman radiallahu anhu. 
So one day the Prophet ﷺ was sitting in his house and he had a cloak that belonged to Aisha and he was covering himself with that cloak. And Abu Bakr he entered and the Prophet ﷺ was lying down on the bed on the bed of Aisha and he had the cloak of Aisha on and he spoke to him. Then he left. Then Umar came and he was in that state and then he left and then Uthman came and when he knocked on the door the Prophet ﷺ said to Aisha, Oh Aisha, remove your garment, clear up this place because Uthman is coming. When he came he dealt with Uthman and then Uthman left and Aisha said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, you did for Uthman that which you did not do for Abu Bakr and Umar. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, I did not want to make Uthman feel uncomfortable because the most shy person of this ummah is Uthman. And then the Prophet ﷺ in another narration, he said, how can I not be shy from the one that the angels are shy of? The angels were shy of Uthman because of this beautiful characteristic and quality of shyness. This, brothers and sisters, is a characteristic that we have to try our best to adorn ourselves with. Try our best to adorn ourselves with. When we are about to perform an action, let us ask ourselves, is this going to be displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If it is not going to be displeasing to Allah jalla wa ala, then ask ourselves, are we going to be blameworthy in the eyes of the people if we carry out this action? If not, then you can carry out the action. But if this is going to bring us any blame at all, then this is something that we distance ourselves from. Something that we stay far away from. And we keep making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he blesses us with this quality and this characteristic of shyness. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ مَا لَا يَرْضَى مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ مُحِيطًا That you hide your sins from the people, but you do not hide your sins from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is with you in the evening when you say these terrible words. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ مُحِيطًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows everything that you do. He knows everything that we do, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why some of the early scholars of Islam, they used to say to their children, Oh my beloved son, sin wherever you want. Disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever you want. And disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however you want. But disobey Allah in a place that he cannot see. Disobey Allah wherever you want and disobey Allah however you want. But disobey Allah in a place that he cannot see you. And you will find that there is no place except that Allah Jalla wa'ala can see you. If we had now sometimes our family members in front of us, or we had our friends, or the general public around us, how embarrassed would we be to commit certain sins? But when we are by ourselves, we forget that Allah Jalla wa'ala is there. <laughs> And there is no doubt that Allah Jalla wa'ala is greater than the entire creation put together. But we are not ashamed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We forget that Allah can see us. 
We forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that we do. We forget that the angels are there writing down everything that we have said and done. Where is our shyness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are we not ashamed of our actions? As the famous poet Al-Qahtani, he said in his Nuniya, if you knew the sins that I commit, you would refuse to say salam to me. He said in his famous poem, if you knew the sins that I commit, you would refuse to say salam to me. You would refuse to give salam to me. Imagine every single person now has to hold a board and on it are all of the sins that he has committed. Would anyone come and give us salam? Would anyone want to be our friends? Would anyone want to sit beside us and talk to us? This is the reality, brothers and sisters. And we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has protected us and he has not exposed our sins to the people. We have to glorify him because of this. And we have to thank him because of this. But what we have to remember is that he watches us and he sees us and he hears everything that we do and he knows everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when are we going to begin to become shy of him subhanahu wa ta'ala? That we are comfortably taking all of his blessings. We are taking the blessings of these eyes and of these hands and of our limbs. We are taking the blessings of having provisions and having a family and having the ability to have our senses and do what we are doing. We have the blessings of Islam. We have the blessings of peace and security. We have the blessings of being able to come to the masjid freely without any problem. When are we going to be ashamed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When are we going to be ashamed that we are committing sins in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That we are taking his blessings and yet we are disobeying him. We are taking his blessings and then we are using these same blessings to disobey him with. Imagine if he took our eyes away. We use our eyes for halal and haram. When we are using our eyes for haram, imagine now this great blessing, he takes it away from us. If we are using our hands for haram, imagine Allah takes it away from us. If we are walking to haram with our feet, imagine Allah Jalla wa'ala takes them away from us. What would we have left? Our entire lives would be destroyed if Allah Jalla wa'ala took our greatest blessings away from us. But we are using this to disobey him. Are we truly thanking him for what he has given us? Are we truly ashamed of our sins? So this, brothers and sisters, is the meaning of shyness. That we begin with our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are we shy of Him? Imagine now someone from the creation were to give us and to give us and to give us. And we kept on taking, kept on taking. And then we disobeyed them. We transgressed against them. We turned away from them. None of us would be able to do this. Because this person has done so much good to us. That how could we ever disobey Him after accepting from Him and taking from Him? What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Doesn't he give us more than anyone could ever give us? And we keep on taking, and we keep on taking, and we keep on asking him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet we keep on disobeying him. Where is the shame? Where is the shame? <laughs> that shyness only brings good. We need to be shy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the people, that we should not lose our dignity in front of them, our honor in front of them. We should not say shameful words. We should not say vile words. We should not do explicit actions that would degrade our status in front of the eyes of the people, even if you see these actions to be halal. Like look, subhanAllah, at the time of the early scholars of Islam, there were certain things 
that were halal in Islam, but it was shameful to do in public. From amongst them was chewing gum. Now this is different for every society. Maybe it's not shameful in our time. But in that time, if a person was seen to be chewing gum outside in public, the people would say, what an evil person this is. Does he have no shame? And this is how the customs and the times they change. So Sufyan al-Thawri, from the great scholars of Hadith and the great scholars of Islam, he said, if we saw anyone chewing gum outside, we would say this person is a weak narrator if he was to narrate Hadith from the Prophet Because if he cannot even preserve his own dignity outside, how is he going to preserve the Hadith of the Prophet And this shows us the importance of preserving our honor and our dignity in public. And there is a final thing I would like to mention, inshallah. That haya, shyness only brings good. But a person claiming that, that shyness has prevented him from learning about Islam is not praiseworthy because this is not shyness. This is a deception from the shaitan. Sometimes we find some of the older brothers and the older sisters. If they are asked to attend certain classes, maybe Quran classes or basic classes, they are embarrassed. Because there are people around them. This shyness is not praiseworthy in Islam. Or a person needs to know something very important about Islam. Something very important about Islam. But this prevent, shyness prevents him from learning about this. This is not shyness. This is a deception from the shaitan. And that's why Aisha radiallahu anha, she used to say, May Allah have mercy on the women of the Ansar. They are the greatest women because shyness did not prevent them from learning about their religion. Shyness did not prevent them from learning about their religion. They would come to the Prophet and they would begin with an introduction that would indicate to him that they are going to ask him about something very embarrassing. So a woman came to the Prophet she said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Inna Allah la min al-haq. Indeed, Allah is not ashamed of the truth. Then she would ask a question which is very embarrassing. But she needs to know because it revolves her ibadah, her, her purification, her salah, her life revolves around it. So she would ask. And this is how the companions of the Prophet ﷺ was. So all shyness is praiseworthy in the sharia. And shyness with regards to asking about our religion is not called shyness in Islam. Because this is blameworthy. And shyness is staying away from that which is not blameworthy. So this is a deception of the shaitan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us beneficial knowledge. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to adorn us and beautify us with the characteristic of shyness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions. We ask, us, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us ashamed of our sins so we do not disobey him again subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to allow us to preserve our honor and dignity in front of the people. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in our iman and to raise our status in this life. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil Allahumma <laughs> 
يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم كن لهم ظاهرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وظهيرا يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أقم الصلاة Thank <laughs> you.